0: featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Exciting update. I have a brand new free resource. You all asked for it, so I created it. This is a relationship attachment quiz designed to help you understand your patterns in relationships. You can take this totally free quiz now by going to the link in my Instagram bio at Dr. Morgan Coaching and click attachment quiz. And you all know I love to hear from you. So either screenshot and tag me with your result or send me a DM letting me know your result from the quiz. You guys, this is totally free, and this will be helpful to you. So go check it out. Can't wait for you to take the quiz and to share your results. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode. We have a guest with us today. Her name is Dr. Shiva Sar. She's a licensed clinical psychologist and consultant, with significant experience in working with young women to improve their self-confidence and relational wellness. Dr. Shiva has a mission to empower others to take control of their lives, take more space and feel liberated in living a life that they want and deserve. She is launching a coaching program soon that will be focused on self-confidence, decreasing our inner critic and showing up more fully in our relationships and life. And she's also a really, really good friend of mine. Shiva, I'm so excited to have you. Welcome to the
1: podcast. Thank you. Thanks. I'm so happy
0: to be here. And I'm so excited (laughs) that we're doing this. It's so great. Yeah. (laughs) So, Shiva and I know each other from. UCSD internship when we were oh no not post-doc. internship postdoc that's right
1: yeah yeah we we're doing it our like hundred years ago it
0: feels like <laughs> forever ago we were getting our postdoctoral training at UCSD yeah. and we met there
1: yeah we met we connected <laughs> Morgan you like saved me through the year oh but.
0: yes anyone who has done that kind of training you know how important it is to kind of have someone that you can really you know, I, I want to say vent too. And like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone who
1: really gets it. Someone it who really gets it. Yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> so we were really lucky to meet there because that is an incredibly stressful time. And we kind of got mm. to know each other. And she was an incredible friend um, mm. and just an all around amazing clinician. And she, she knows a lot about relationships and communication and tools for living your best life. So we're really lucky to have her. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah. I'm so lucky to
1: have you as a friend and just someone I look up to. Really. Yeah.
0: Back in the day, we did a presentation on assertive communication, girl. You remember that? I, I, I was thinking
1: about that this morning. That's so funny. <laughs> I was like, how far we've come?
0: <laughs> yes. It was for a small group of UCSD students. Yeah. yeah. But here, here we are now on the podcast and we're going to help all of you. So very excited. Um, Shiva, tell us a little bit about what brought you to the coaching space and specifically
1: the kind of work that you're doing. Of course. Yeah. Um, so I was primarily, as you know, I was doing one-on-one therapy and group therapy and I loved that. And I was primarily working with young adults with my counseling center and private practice. And I just found that as I was working one-on-one with people, I felt like they really were needing more like solutions and specific tools to make the changes that they wanted to see. And so that's what really intrigued me in coaching. And I had talked to you about it. Um, And so I just feel like there's certain skill sets and certain tools. And if only like certain education if people had that I think can make such a huge difference in their life. And I think it's, it's, you know, sometimes it's so helpful to explore the past and to like really get a sense of what's contributing to these difficulties. And I think there are times where maybe you don't need to explore the past and maybe you just need to know what to do Mm -hmm. to get the changes that you want. And I feel like More and more, I was working with a lot of women who were just doing really amazing throughout their life, but they felt like there were some specific skills either in relationships or within their relationship with themselves that would that they needed to feel better. And so, I was like, you know, on a professional level, I was like, this was something I'm very interested in, but also like personally, I felt like if only I had these skills when I was younger, I feel like it would have helped me so much. So I think I'm like driven with um, towards coaching, both personally and professionally. I love that. And you know, I'm on the same
0: page. I, you know, we both have spent a lot of time doing psychotherapy and we know how valuable it is, Mm -hmm. especially when you've never explored your past, right? But Mm -hmm. you get to this place where, okay, you have the awareness Mm-hmm. But then people want to know, what can I do with that awareness? Of course. I, I yeah. think that like, okay, psychotherapy can help you know where you're at on the map. So you mm. know that, okay, you are here, but then how do you get to where you want to go? And then that's when yeah. coaching comes in. And I think you mm. and I are both very much empowering people. Like we love mm. to empower people and yeah. help them really change. So
1: yeah. I think it makes sense that you're drawn totally. To yeah. And I think it is, that is the other piece. I think in therapy, although I still love it, and I still, it is part of my practice still, um, yeah. there are clients where I'm wanting to, you know, be able to empower them more explicitly and directly and be like, you got this. Like, we know you can do this nicely. Yeah. That is falls more into the coaching space. right? And I think it can be so powerful for someone who doesn't, isn't accurately seeing themselves to hear that from someone that is alongside them. You know what I mean? I think it can be very powerful and I want people to have that experience and feel like, you know, that someone believes in them and that they can make the changes that they're really thinking of. Absolutely.
0: I love it. And for everybody listening, make sure that you go find Dr. Shiva. Her Instagram is just at Dr. Shiva and that's D R S H E V A. And we would absolutely love if you would screenshot the episode, share it to your stories and then take us both. And we want to hear your takeaways for sure. So thank you.
1: Yeah. I would love that.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I just, I just want to say that I think one thing that's also really powerful in coaching is you get to also model a little bit of who mm-hmm. you are. Like you get to show up a little bit more authentically mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. human, mm-hmm. not that you don't in psychotherapy, but there's a little bit more room of like, Hey, well, this has worked for me. Try mm-hmm. this out, you know? And I think, yeah, of course. I think the modeling piece is really powerful.
1: A hundred percent. No, I completely agree with you. I think it's like being able to Especially as women, I think we put so much pressure on ourselves and both you and I are working primarily with young women. And I think that it can be so powerful to see um, someone who, like us, is doing the work and helping other people and also continuing to cope with stressors and also continuing to cope with our own stuff and really showing that in a way of like, how can you, you know, when I'm thinking about my specific clients, like how can you cope with having that inner self-critic? Like, even when, you know, different things are happening, you know what I mean? And I think that I've been able to show more of that with clients and even through Instagram, been able to show more of me and my own, you know, challenges and how I've still, you know, it's still been fine. And that's so powerful
0: because when people can relate, then they can really learn. They can really Mm -hmm. take it in. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. I love that. I love that. Let's start with that. I really... I you know, you and I know that this is so important in terms of mm-hmm. the the relationship with yourself and that inner critic. And I'm curious, mm-hmm. so let's say you're working with somebody, like where where would you start with that? How would you identify it and kind of begin to work on sure. that inner
1: critic? Of course. yeah. I think for me, I usually will start from yeah helping clients to even acknowledge that they have an inner critic. yeah, because so often, what we say to ourselves, we just take in as if they're facts. Like, and I can even from a personal level, share with you, like, I feel like when I'm thinking something or I'm being self-critical, a lot of times I'm not, I wasn't actually in the past aware of that. And when I'm working with clients, they usually aren't even aware how strong their inner critic is is, um, and how much it's impacting them. And so I think I usually start from that place of, well, let's be curious about like, what are you saying to yourself? Like, what are you saying about yourself? What are you saying about your dating relationship? your work whatever and then once we're there it's really then really thinking of like where is where are these thoughts coming from and like really uh, examining the evidence which you and I are quite familiar with but like yes examining where why is this true where is this coming from yeah um and I don't know if you feel this way but so often when I'm working with women I find that um, they tend to be, um, you know, they can be quite self-critical, but also that there's not a lot of evidence to support it. Like I don't I, want, there's not a lot of evidence to support why they view themselves in the ways that they do. And so I, I think that for me, it's more than ever that we need to examine that because we're all being influenced in so many different ways that we just don't even, and it's not even yeah. accurate ways that we're being impacted.
0: Exactly. Well, and I love that you start with acknowledgement because so many people, this is just unconscious. It's just mm-hmm. the way their brain works. They don't even realize that they're doing it. But then mm-hmm. they have these ingrained patterns of mm-hmm. putting themselves down, speaking, mm-hmm. you know, very meanly to themselves. yeah, very it's, i at some point, I think a lot of us learned that that was how we were supposed to speak to ourselves in order to achieve. But of course mm-hmm. you and I know the evidence is opposite.
1: Mm-hmm. When you're yeah.
0: self-critical, you're less productive. You're, you're less right. effective. You have a less meaningful life. So people yeah. first have to realize they're doing it and then also realize it's not
1: working, right? It's yeah. Not it's ultimately really not serving them. Yeah, yeah. of course. And it, and it is, it's very interesting. I, it's, you know, when we think back, it's like, how did that message even, how do we even learn that message? And how did that even become yeah. part of our narrative that we need to be so self-critical to be successful, to be, yeah. you know, make progress. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's such a, it's so sad that so many people believe that. And, you know, and we know that it's like more with self-love and self-compassion that change can be made.
0: Yes, absolutely one thing i'll do with my clients sometimes is i'll have them give their critic a name mm. like and like a really annoying name like oh there's jeff again like spelled g e o f f <laughs> that's actually really funny karen or you know
1: there's <laughs> karen
0: karen is showing up a lot <laughs> karen's all over
1: um karen's whatever name over.
0: you don't like ralph there's some a name i don't like oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> but name the critic
1: right yeah so you can the the identify
0: critic. it because it's not part of you like that's not who yeah. you are that's a voice that's showing up that's it's not serving you. So being yeah. able to give it a name is sometimes helpful.
1: No, and I love that because I think um, it just can really distance us just like you're saying it's not part of you and it can really help us in distancing ourselves from that voice, you know that's yes. like really taking it out from ourselves.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I want to also touch on because I know this is a topic that we both love. Communication. Uh, yes, <laughs> assertive communication. Bro, we love
1: assertive communication. We do. We
0: do. <laughs> yep. Oh, you know what I was thinking about, Shiva? This is funny. Yes. <laughs> I remember. Okay, when did this happen? Like we we would go out for like happy hour or something. Oh my gosh,
1: you're so funny. Oh yeah, this
0: is so. I feel like I have learned about assertive communication from Shiva because like we would go out to happy hour or whatever and she will be very direct about what she wants, how (laughs) she wants it. And and it's just, it's nice. It's kind, just very assertive. And I I remember, I've never (laughs) seen somebody like so clearly get what they want when they're out to eat.
1: Oh, that is really funny, <laughs> <laughs> which is so funny. Yeah, Morgan needs to always comment on that. And there was I, a Pazuki incident. <laughs>
0: oh my we gosh, go, there was. We won't Without go into one. detail.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, we won't go. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that that's, it's so funny that you say that. I think um, my certain miscommunication around my food is definitely yeah. a strength. Um, yeah. and I would, But, you know... I, I was, you know, trying to improve other areas of assertive communication. I, I think it just I, also yes, shows. yeah, that is
0: such a good point. I think all of us have areas where it's so totally. easy, it comes naturally. And then there's areas where we have to work on it. Yeah,
1: for sure. And I think, yeah. um, I think it, I have since then worked on other areas as well, but that was definitely an area that I felt much more comfortable expressing what I needed and being direct in that Um, a good time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into it. What what do you think if let's say somebody, maybe they've learned to communicate passively or aggressively, and maybe they've just never learned about assertive communication. They don't even know what it looks like. Where does somebody start with that?
1: So, I think, um, for me, where I usually started is just understanding the differences in communication because I think yeah. j- just like you're saying, for all, we all tend to respond in certain ways, and usually they're influenced by other factors outside of us. So it could be our temperament, but also as like cultural factors, familial factors. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of people when I'm working with them, see assertiveness and aggressive communication as one of the same. And they are very different. Um, And I think when we can talk about those differences, it can give someone more of a comfort in asserting themselves and sharing what they need. Um, And I also, and I know you do a lot of this work and you do it so well, um, talking about our rights within relationships, within our communication, um, because that can really also impact if we even feel comfortable to assert ourselves, right? So um, having just more understanding around that, Um, And then giving a template for how do I even assert myself? So we Mm -hmm. used to use, even in our presentation, I'm sure you still continue to use it, but the I statements, right? Like many of us don't have those templates. I know when I was younger, I never thought of expressing how I felt from the perspective of myself, right? Right. It was more indirect that I would use. Yeah. um, Whereas now, girl, I feel much more comfortable to be (laughs) like, I need this. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. The, I think
0: people don't realize how life changing this is,
1: yeah yeah it it, it can be, yeah, sorry,
0: oh no, just okay. the the rights, your rights in relationships, really knowing your rights in relationships and learning that you can communicate your needs, you can take up space
1: totally right, yeah, of course, and especially <laughs> as women too. Yeah. Uh-huh, 100%. And I think even if you're not, I think sometimes when we think about rights and relationships, um, it's also important to recognize, even if we're not communicating to someone else, we tend to take on those rights or lack of rights in our own relationships with ourselves. Right. So someone may, you know, think, well, I don't have the right to speak up. And so as soon as they have that instinct or that urge to say something internally, they'll just deny it. And so I think Uh, it can get in the way of us even knowing how we're feeling, right? Because we feel like it's not okay to even be feeling these things or to be requesting these things. And so it is very ingrained um, and can be just a very, uh, you know, core part of how we even relate to ourselves.
0: Yes. Yes. And I think when you start to change that, maybe, you know, you can start with that right. Mm -hmm. Of learning how to tune in to how do I actually feel about this? What do I actually need Mm -hmm. and honoring and validating yourself that will really help you show up in your relationships more assertively as well. I think one thing too, is people will think that like, Oh, being assertive is, is rude. Right. Just, just as you said, they associate it with aggressiveness,
1: Mm -hmm. but
0: it's the kindest thing that we can do in our relationships, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If we're passive yeah. and then resentment builds, that can really, really harm relationships. So yeah. not assertive is kind.
1: A hundred percent. I love that. And it is, I being just clear and direct is like, just like exactly what you're saying is one of the kindest yeah. things that we can do. And I think so often we've mistaken passiveness or letting things go as the kind approach. So not causing, not confronting someone or not causing an issue as being the kind thing to do. But I think, as you're saying, in the long run, that not only negatively impacts us, but impacts like the intimacy within our relationship and having the relationships that we want and we've all been on the receiving end of that. You want to know if you're in a relationship and you want to know if you care about the person, what the person is feeling, how they're thinking yes. about things, um, because it can feel really isolating even on the receiving end of that. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. Let's talk about, because you know this is the relationship, dating yeah. podcast, and I love talking about relationships. I know you do too. How yeah. does assertiveness really apply to dating and getting the kind of relationship that we want what do you think
1: yeah I mean I think it applies like I think it's a hundred percent applies yeah Yeah, yeah. I'm like it fully applies um I feel like when I think of assertiveness in dating for me it's you know from the beginning being clear about what we want and I know you do a lot of that work and being clear about what we want but also being comfortable in sharing that early on. I think so So often we tend to notice things early on and let them go or waiting for more evidence or and we don't really show up as fully as ourselves and be authentic in what we're wanting, what we're needing. Um, and so I think it's being from the beginning, sharing what we are wanting from that relationship, even if that other person hasn't shared yet with us what they're wanting, right? So taking that initiative and asserting you know, our boundaries, They're asserting our rights, asserting what is comfortable for us in a really kind way. Exactly. I love that.
0: You know, I'm totally on the same page. Um, sometimes I'll say something like, you know, the red flags that you ignore in the beginning are the reason why the relationship ends, right?
1: And that, yeah. and that I couldn't agree more with, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think usually, um, you know, like both personally in clinic, like when I've worked with clients, I've noticed it's like usually the things that we notice and pick up on and tend to let go of or tend to justify or make an excuse for, those are the things that then show up later on in the relationship as can show up later on in the relation as those concerns. Um, so if only we would be able to do something about them, then it's like, yeah. I wonder how our experience could be so different.
0: Yeah. And I think about how, hey, when you're in a long-term relationship, you really do want to be able to be yourself. You Mm -hmm. want to be able to express who you are, what your needs Mm -hmm. are, and you want to be able to do that from the beginning, because Mm -hmm. even if you try to put on a facade and maybe you try to pretend like, oh, I don't really need very much. And, you know, you don't ask for what you need. Eventually that's going to come out, you know, you can't fake who you are for an entire relationship, you know? So it's so important to show up as yourself in the beginning. And Mm -hmm. and I think of it as like creating that relationship culture Mm -hmm. in the beginning. Like every relationship has its own culture. It's norms, you know? So being really intentional from the beginning of, Hey, I'm going to be myself. I would ask the same of you. And I would ask that we communicate openly, honestly, and directly.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. I love that. It is. It's so true. We do have our like relationship norms or what's expected. As you were talking, I was just thinking of, um, I'm sharing. I was just thinking of like, we tend to like, anyone who's listening if you can think of like a relationship that you feel really comfortable in right it's usually with someone who tends to be themselves or tends to express what they're thinking or you know what you can expect from them and I feel like there's something so liberating when we feel comfortable to do that in a relationship and most often than not if the person is emotionally available and wanting to connect with you they also feel relief from that because they think okay I can now be myself if, you know, Mm -hmm. if Shiva or Morgan are wanting to be themselves, like I'm going to, you know, be more of myself. They're providing that space for that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the alternative is, is if you being yourself, you know, and being honest and open about who you are causes that person to say, well, this isn't really a fit, then thank God you figured it out early. Seriously.
1: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Amen. Amen to that. No, really it's, it's that, that is the thing. I think if someone is emotionally available, they'll respond in a way that, you know, we'll want to connect with that. We'll we'll want to understand that. And I think that people will have their different responses. And just like you're saying, that's great information for us to know, Hey, maybe this is not the type of relationship I'm wanting. Um, better to know now than when you're invested. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I always tell people you're a love scientist. You're gathering data, right? And when you're expressing your needs and how you feel, really important data is how
1: does that other person respond? What does that, yeah? Yeah. What do they do? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting that, like, when we think about these relationships, so much of the relationships, the quality of the relationships is formed early on. It is. And you and usually I feel like when people are dating, they tend to be like, Oh, well, it's just early in dating, we'll let things slide, we'll, you know, have fun, we'll whatever. Um, and I think all of that is fun. Having fun is great. But also, I think it's so important to be really intentional in those early phases, and be really curious about yourself yes. and that other person. Cur- yes, I love that you said that.
0: I always tell people, yeah, curiosity is the number one thing that, that you want to bring to early stages yeah. of dating and letting yeah. go of expectations.
1: Right. Yeah. If, and in, yeah. yeah. Letting go of expectations and also like, um, someone had said this to me before and I, it really resonated with me. They were like, you know, early on when you're dating, people are showing whatever people are doing is more of them shows more of them it's less of you because they don't know you yet right Right. that that connection hasn't really been built yet and really trusting that that if they're showing you something that that is who they are you know that is or they're obviously i want to recognize there could be you know different things that may be going on for someone that's influencing how they're showing up but in general um, believing what they're showing you. (laughs) Yes. But believe someone when they show you who they are.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 And if we have expectations, Then we don't see them clearly. We're not able to Mm -hmm. see who they are objectively because we've already, you know, just to be like extreme, but like we've already planned our wedding and our, you know, Mm -hmm. our children's names and we're Mm -hmm. like 10 years down the road. But we then aren't able to objectively see what's actually Mm -hmm. going on. So Mm -hmm. making sure that you let go of expectations and you're in the moment gathering
1: the data. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I don't even think it's extreme, Morgan. I mean, I, I love the example you give and I think it's so true. I think when we're feeling a strong emotion, we tend to jump like, oh, Let's, yeah. w- we're going to get to marry, we're going to have kids or whatever, whatever yeah. sounds get to you. And I think in those stages, even if you're noticing that you even have a really positive reaction to something, honoring that and still being curious about the other things, right? right. So not just fixating on that, you know, the physical chemistry or the fact that they're really attentive, right? Those are important things. And also there are other things to pay attention to.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: We could talk about this for
0: hours. I I know. It's so great. Um, (laughs) And and we see things so similarly. I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. This is a little bit random, but one thing I've been thinking about is we cannot put all of our needs on our partner.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. I think oh gosh, Esther Perel
0: yeah. talks about this yeah. a lot. Your partner mm-hmm. cannot be all things to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Which I think is really important for all of us to get intentional about well, what needs do I need met though by my partner? Like what, yeah. what's in, what is an important role for them in my life? And yeah. being
1: able to, commu- that's where communication comes in, being able yeah. to ask for that. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I love, um, you and I both love Esther Perel and I just love, that because it is so true we tend to put a lot of pressure on our romantic relationships Mm -hmm. and recognizing you know what is like something that we definitely need from them and what is actually even feasible from within a romantic relationship and what are the things that we're going to do for ourselves? Because we get, we lose sight of our own relationship with ourselves. Like, what do yeah. I expect of me? What are the needs that I need to fulfill for myself so I feel my best? I feel like I can show up in the best way within my relationships. Because our relationships, you know, we don't want to put all our eggs, as you're saying, in that relationship. And who knows what's going to happen. And we don't want our own relationship with ourselves to depend on yes. that. Yes,
0: yes. I see that a lot, you know, with anxious attachment, right? Mm -hmm. Where they place all their eggs in that romantic relationship Mm -hmm. basket. And then you get the whole, I feel like I lost myself. They'll say, um, and I know I've been there in the past and you have to start to realize that maintaining that relationship with you and your relationships with others
1: while Mm -hmm. you're in a romantic relationship, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. relationship, extremely important. Yeah. And I, and I, and I've been there too. I think, you know, I've definitely been there as well. And I feel like if there's anyone who's listening who can relate to that, I think my, I would really encourage you to just focus on as Morgan and I are saying, focus on yourself, like take care of you. Like there will be nothing lost by you taking care of you. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Take your energy back, put it back towards yourself. Right. Yeah, Yeah. Sorry. You just, yeah. Oh, no. I was just oh, thinking I that um, yeah. I was kind of going in my head. I was like, I know there was a time when Shiva helped me <laughs> realize uh, that in the past uh, when I was going through a breakup. So,
1: and, how and
0: oh, about, about friends know. who are therapists who can kind of like give you the advice that you need?
1: Because sometimes uh, we won't take our own, right? So, and definitely. Yeah. I think it's yeah. one thing, you know, being a therapist, we still are in our own experiences. And it's so much it's so much yeah. more difficult to be to feel your own emotions to be in a stressful experience. And then also to take, you know, the advice. Yeah, like, I can't take it right now. I'm exactly being with everything that's going on.
0: Yeah, we're humans first. I always like to say that we, we're humans. Yeah, first. we
1: are humans first. Yeah. And Absolutely. the social support is amazing. We need it.
0: Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you about the program and yeah,
1: yeah, if you want to tell our audience a little bit about it and who it's for. Thank you. Yeah, I would love to. So I'm actually in the process of I'll be launching a program in the next few months. That's focused on young women who you feel like you're like doing well in your life, but you're not as confident as you want to be. And so it's really focused on improving your confidence and specifically reducing that inner critic. I think so many of us have this strong inner critic that shows up not just in our relationships with ourselves, but in all our relationships and all areas of our lives. And when you're not, when you don't have a handle on that inner critic, I think you can really negatively affect Uh, us and and has for me in the past and so this program Mm -hmm. is really a structured program that's probably going to be around eight weeks that's really focused on providing you with the tools with the education so that you do feel like you can be compassionate towards yourself confident and ultimately live the life that you want and you deserve Um, and so I'll probably be providing one-on-one coaching as well as educational materials that sounds amazing
0: I'm so excited Thank you. I can't (laughs) wait. I'm excited for you to launch that. That's great. Awesome. And everyone, if you're not following Dr. Shiva, make sure that you are go to Instagram and follow her. It's Dr. Shiva. And then you also have a website.
1: Yes. So I have my website. I, uh, on my, it's, dubbed, it's, uh, Dr. Shiva Assar, A-S-S-A-R dot com. And on my website, I have a list of all my services, but also that's where I put like blogs up. And, um, I have a, um, email list where if you're wanting to learn more about my coaching program, as well as just information around rel- relational wellness and awesome. confidence, you can sign up for that.
0: Yay. Good. Thank you for sharing that. And then I always ask my guests this question. So I'm going to ask you, so let's say you're walking down the street and someone asks you, what is your best life advice right now? What Mm
1: -hmm. would be the advice you'd share? Sure. Um, Love the question. Um, (laughs) My advice would be treat yourself like your friend uh, and love yourself. That's what my advice would be. I think first love yourself and be intentional about that every day and then treat yourself like a friend. Um, So many of us treat ourselves significantly different and respond to ourselves than we ever would to a friend. Like, and the way that we speak to ourselves, we would never think of saying to a friend if they're struggling, like from the tone or the language that we use. And I feel like you know, that's just so harmful to our confidence, but ultimately to us living like a quality life and feeling yeah. good and, yeah. and you deserve to feel good. So treat yourself like a your friend and, you know, and do you, be you, love you, <laughs> all of you. <laughs> that's I love a, that's this. Advice. <laughs>
0: this is so important. I mean, that advice serves you in every single area of your life. Incredibly important. Um, and I'm so, so inspired by you and the mission that you have to serve women. And I'm just really excited for all the work that you're doing. Um, and thank you so much for coming on and
1: giving us your,
0: your expert
1: opinions and advice. It's been so good to talk with you. Thank you so much. No, honestly, I'm so I was so excited to talk with you through this, and I'm so proud of you. I'm so inspired of of you as well. You're doing so many amazing things and touching so many lives, and it's just been I've been grateful just to be on this journey with you, and I just love you as a person.
0: (laughs) So, thank you. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much, Shiva, and everyone. Make sure you go follow her and then tag us with your takeaways from this episode. We would love to hear if you have any questions about assertive communication, you can DM us for sure. Um, And as always, everyone, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. We'll talk with you soon. Yay. Thank you.